The scripture that I uh, am speaking from and initiate my launching pad for all of these uh, texts and uh, that I'm going to use today is in First John chapter four verses nine through ten. And usually I have maybe four, five different reference texts, but today I have twenty-eight. <laughs> And that's part of 72. <laughs> that's in this little thing here. And you say, well, what happened, Pastor? You got you preaching on the whole Bible. Yep. No. <laughs> what, what I was thinking about, well, I'll read the text and then we'll understand. In this was manifest and made known. Manifest means to be made known, make known by the senses. In this was the man manifested the love of God towards us, because that God sent his only begotten Son into the world, that we might live through him. Herein is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us, and sent his Son to be the propitiation for our sins. To propitiation is to appease or to regain God's favor. And the, t the text is, herein is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us. And I was thinking about how many times whenever we pray and whenever our petitions and things, they're about, they're about me, to, you know, about someone else, about my life, about what's going on in someone's life. And, you know, I, I wonder sometimes, and, I, and, I, and, and it says, well, I'll start off with this one. Tell me what the seashore is. You know, what is the seashore? How would you define the seashore? Well, one would say, well, it's the ocean. It's the sea. And the other person, no, it's the land. Well, the seashore is where the land and the sea meet. Well, sometimes we would say, well, the, in, the ocean is God and the land is human. And so where they come together is where, you know, the crashing of the seas and the waves and the storms and so on, it can be quite turbulent. But it is the oceans that supply the moisture for the land so that it would grow. If there is no moisture from the sea, from the oceans, there is no growth on the land. Just lots of sand. <laughs> so in our lives... Where do we see ourselves being? Are we constantly on the seashore waiting for the next wave to come and blow over us and you know, roll us up on the beach and say, wow, what a great God we have? <laughs> or is it out in the land of going day by day, praying for the water, the blessing of God to come upon our life? and to water our crops, and to water our lives, and to take care of us, to make us fruitful. And we know that it's, it's all of these things. It's all of these and more. So whenever we think about hearing his love, not that we love God, but that he loves us, I think of it in the text that, well, I love God. That's what this is all about. Jesus died for my sins. He has forgiven me. I'm, I'm, my name's in the book of life. He's promised to meet every need. He's promised to, you know, guide my path, that I am destined to be his child and to walk with him into heaven. And it's about me. That's, well, that's true, it is. But on the other sense, it's about God. It's about his love for us 
while we were yet sinners, he died for us. So before, I was in one translation, uh, John is, before the beginning began, Jesus is. (laughs) So before there was a beginning, Christ, he became, he is the sacrifice for sin. Before there was ever a fall, before there was ever sin, Jesus became the sacrifice for us. So he's telling us that it isn't so much that we love God, it's that we have to understand he loves us. Now, I used to collect clown, clowns. <laughs> and this is a, a hobo. Can you see it? A little bit. Magnify this up on the screen, would you, Terry? <laughs> you can't do that. I'm just... Just playing. Just playing with you. All right. But anyhow, sometimes I, I think we have this image of our soul and who we are as a person. Now, we may have been this person in our past, whenever before we knew Jesus as our Savior, but we are not that person today. And sometimes whenever we would look at this hobo, this individual who has nothing but couple of balloons and a sack on a stick and worn out clothes we would look at that and and I, I think that we sometimes see ourselves as never progressing from this that and we we believe that we love God but see the challenge is God loves me It's not so much that this person loves God, but that God loves this person. Now, what we, what we are trying to come to grips with is we're no longer this person. <laughs> we're no longer this person. We were, but we are not now. Is it the sea or is it the land? <laughs> well, this is, well, this was the land without the water and the dried up humanity and soul that is worthless, well, not worthless, but which is dying in darkness. But Christ has come into our life and we're no longer this. So if we see ourselves as this person continually, we're we're not realizing what God has been trying to tell us through his word and his spirit teaching us. You know, I mentioned it earlier about um, I was reading about uh, the scientists, and they were talking about the human brain and how that, for years, it has been thought that it's just a, oh, that our brain is the neurons and all that connecting and firing and two plus two equals four, and it's all this type of thing. But they're beginning to understand that the brain has a sense or an awareness of that which is outside of itself. Now, it's very hard for scientists to say that they think that your thinker can perceive and know things outside of itself because the brain is supposed to be this computer-like isolation of thoughts in the brain and putting together and analyzing and thinking and producing a product. But it's more than that. It's a, it's a knowing. It's an understanding that there's more than what's going on in 2 plus 2 equals God's love for me. Wait, 
How did we know this? How did we become aware of it? How does our brain, how does our mind, how do, how do we get our mind around the idea that herein is love? <laughs> Not that I love God, which is important, but that he loves me. <laughs> That's where the challenge is. And sometimes we need to bring ourselves <clears throat> back to that place where the emphasis is not so much on us, but the emphasis, again, must recognize who God is and what God has planned and purpose for our life. We read the text in scriptures and we see us only because it's our sin, it's our failures, our needs, you know. I was, you ever, sometimes you see these um, birds, you know, they have the bird's nest and they have the little Little chicks in there, little birdies, little birdies, you know, <laughs> and uh, they're hatched, and they all want the food that the parent is bringing in. You know, sometimes uh, we we think that those the birds bringing in the food, you know, the parent, um, they're not really aware. Do they know that there's four birds in there? You know, there was this. I was watching this bird <laughs> in our tree uh, last summer, and the bird would come with four worms in its beak. And there were four chicks in the nest. Now, people, scientists would say, it's not smart enough to know that. It can't, what do you mean it's not smart enough to know it has four? Because it always comes with four. <laughs> One for each. And it did it, it just didn't do it once. It, it did it almost every time. There was, always, there was almost every time that I saw it, there was four bur worms or whatever in its beak to give to each of the little chicks. So, like the little birds, we're coming to Jesus and we, we need fed. We need fed, we need, we need the life of the Spirit, we need the, the strength of the Spirit, we need the power of God working in our life so that we can grow and we can mature. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, and that we have become his child. We have been adopted by, the, by God himself to be part of his family, and that if we believe, we will never perish. But we'll have everlasting life. We have this understanding of, of growth and development and, and this foundational principles about our life. And we're on the seashore and we're getting, you know, we got this, you know, it's sunny, it's warm, it's not too hot, the water's warm. How I many are going to Florida now? I mean, the water's warm, we walk in, you know. I don't like cold oceans, you know. Go to Ocean City, we went there years upon end, it's like, don't worry, you'll get used to it. I don't like that phrase. <laughs> if I'm going to walk into the ocean, I don't want to get used to it. I want to feel warm. <laughs> so we don't go to Ocean City anymore. <laughs> but um, I do, do like Florida. You know, I do like the coast. You just walk in there. Hey, that's, now, that's, now that's warm. That's ocean water. So, but anyhow, we have this relationship with God that is that it's warm and it's exciting and it's blessing and it's going on and then we go inward, inland a little bit. <laughs> now, it all depends on where we go inland at. You know, every person's life has a different course that it takes. Every person has a different relationship of which to relate. 
And the challenge, you know, I, I grew up in the church. My grandmother was a preacher. <laughs> my, my grandpa was a, a wonderful man of God. My dad and my mom, you know, just all the time. I grew up in church, was always part of the church. But, you know, everybody doesn't have that same <laughs> background. So we have different experiences and we have different life paths that we are taking. And so as we're going on our path, we have to understand that we've been fed and we're getting out of the nest and learning to fly. <laughs> we're learning to walk with God. And it's not like being on the seashore. And so we're, we're dependent on God's blessing and God's, the anointing of the Spirit and the, the clouds of, that God opens the clouds of heaven and pour upon us blessings that cannot be contained. But God delivered, but God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Hmm. While I was lost, I am found. And so I walk. I walk the path. The assurance that I have been found in Christ gives me strength for each day. But you know, sometimes on this journey, we may have wound up in West Virginia. And you know, why you know that God loves West Virginia more than any other state? He loved it so much, he took so much land and crammed it together. <laughs> it's just up and down. <laughs> That's, yeah, up one hill and down the next. So we may have been walking into West Virginia. It's up, God, is there ever any place that's going to be smooth and flat? And, you know, we're growing up and down and wondering, did we choose the wrong path? Are we in the right place? But God commended his love towards us. So I have a path, and God has given me purpose for a path. Well, I'm talking to my friend, and they don't, they don't have mountains. They came in at Mississippi. <laughs> they just got water and swamps everywhere. You know, well, we don't have swamp land. We got high mountains. And uh, how do you, you know, as we start comparing notes and we start looking around, well, that person is blessed differently than we are blessed. And we start the comparison and we find ourselves doubting <laughs> because somebody has it different than I do. But here in his love, not that we understand God, but that we understand that God loves us. He loved me when I was this, which I am not anymore. So I use this as a reference point as to being lost, but I do not use it as a reference point as to where I am. This is not what God is looking at. I am a new creation in Christ. Old things pass away. Behold, all things become new. It is God who is initiating this. It is God who is loving me. It is God who is holding me in his hand. It is his Holy Spirit that anoints my life, and I have this sense of knowing that's going on in my spirit, and I know that it's going to be all right. When Jesus was challenged, well, which is the greatest commandment? He answered them, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbor is yourself. We are searching to keep God's law so that we can be presentable to him. Now we start 
we start, uh, I've been good. I don't break any of the commandments. I didn't kill anybody this week. <laughs> Only in my mind, you know, but no, not really. <laughs> I, you know, I, I haven't stole anything. Oh, you know, you like the prayer, God, you know. I, uh, I, haven't, I haven't cursed, I haven't yelled at my husband or yelled at your wife. You haven't done this, you haven't done that. And, and but he said, but, but God, I'm about to get out of bed and I'm going to need your help. <laughs> you know, so we're, we're, you know, we're looking at life and we're trying to put it all together here. But God is, you know, he, he has got this relationship with us that we are to go through and move through beyond that because God's blessing is upon us as we're seemingly moving inward. Having presented us, having presented Jesus having pre, excuse me, presented, predestined us unto adoption by Jesus Christ. Well, wait a minute. Now, I'm coming inward and I'm on this journey. Jesus has adopted me. You know, adoption is one of two things. Somebody didn't want me or somebody chose me above everyone else. (laughs) And that's some of the challenges to go with children and individuals who have been adopted that, well, my my birth parent, for whatever reason, didn't want me. That's why I'm adopted. Or my adopting parents wanted me above everybody else, and they adopted me. Well, God is telling us here in his love, not that this person loves God but that God loves me and so he adopted me as his child and now when I am adopted as his child God who is rich in mercy for his great love wherein he loved us here is this unmerited favor this this grace and mercy and love just poured into our life that we couldn't earn it we couldn't make it happen and God says I've got this for you Now you are my child. So we're wandering and going through inward and inland, and we seemingly don't have a sense of direction, but there is the rains, the clouds of God's blessing that come along on this path, and God pours out his blessing upon us, and we thank God for the blessings that come upon our life, but we wonder, well, what if I'd stayed back at the ocean's shore (laughs) in the sand, you know? What if I had just lived there and got washed up on the beach every once in a while. Well, people who live there, well, we won't talk about them. It becomes ordinary. You see, when life becomes ordinary and God's blessing is expected like the tide, we kind of have a very shallow perception of who God is and who we are. It takes, it takes the challenges. It takes the, the desperation of the soul. It takes that place of 
being on your knees and asking God, or <laughs> don't have to, prayer doesn't necessarily mean you have to be on your knees, but it, it's this attitude of the heart where we are desperate that God, if you don't answer my prayers, if you don't come to me, I don't know what I'm going to do. And whenever we walk into people's lives and they are, they are <laughs> between life and death and we say, here is the presence of Jesus. And, you know, here is Jesus. <laughs> and they see you, they think of God. Not because you're God, but because you have the presence of God with you. You are the light of the world. And that light shines in the darkness of their life and they find that there is peace and there is safety. And that whenever they are in God's presence, when you're there, there's a difference. And that's when their life is changed because God has met them in that difficulty. You know, so we, don't, we can't live at the ocean in the sense of God and us coming together. It's a good place to visit. It's a nice place to go back to. But as Christians, we don't live there. And for us, we don't live in the desert. <laughs> Lots of sand, but no water. We don't live in the desert. The people who live in deserts are those individuals who are being martyred and those people who are being killed for their faith. Those are the people who are longing for one drop of water, one semblance of, they, they know that they believe in Jesus, but there are these people who are killing them because they won't say no to their faith. So we, we're not desert people. We're people who live in the green lands of the Appalachians and, you know, where we've got the blessing of God and the green and the snow and we complain about neighbors and people. <laughs> but herein is love, not that we love God, but that he loves us. <sighs> The Sunday school lesson said about pray without ceasing, give thanks in all things. Pray without ceasing, give thanks in all things. Give thanks in all things, pray without ceasing. If you don't pray without ceasing, you won't give thanks in all things. And you can't give thanks in all things unless you're praying about it. You know, because there is this understanding that the two of them go together. And this is the walk that we have with God where God's anointing is upon our life and the Holy Spirit reigns upon our spirit and our soul and we are refreshed in God. Even though seemingly nothing has changed, there is a refreshing in his spirit, there's a refreshing in his love that help us to understand that I am blessed beyond measure, that I have God telling me, don't worry, David, got this for you. <laughs> I'll handle this one. So we find ourselves... <laughs> We find ourselves recognizing he loves me. He loves me. To just sit for a little bit and ponder the idea, God loves me. All the mistakes I've made, I, th I think of this one, that before God, I ever met God, you know, in church as a child and gave my life to the Lord, God knew at that moment whenever I accepted him as my Savior as a child, he knew every sin I would commit for the rest of my life. 
And all of those sins for the rest of my life did not hinder him from loving me at this moment, at that moment. So in our life, we're not to look at this person. You know, Paul says, Paul says, things I want to do, I don't do. And, and you know, I just, just, he says, I can't get it straight. Well, he's not talking about returning to this person before Christ. He's talking about that there is this ongoing growth and this ongoing purpose of destiny, this ongoing purpose for which we live. And God has called us to be his child through whom he could bless us and put his love upon our life. And his love upon our life would be the power of his message to make a difference in someone's life. I met a lady in, uh, it, uh, where were we at? Grocery store. <laughs> Getting donuts for the kids. <laughs> We eat them before the kids do. But anyhow, <laughs> but uh, getting donuts for the kids. And there was a lady there, and she said, oh, pastor. And she got this biggest smile on her face because I had been with her for a while when her, uh, her sister was dying, and she was taking care of her. And she couldn't wait to tell me how good she was doing, and it just felt so easy to go right into that person's life again and pick up where we left off years ago because she was ready for it she just so wanted me to stop by and 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 you know i put my hand on her arm and said how good she was doing she just was smiling the whole time i was there and it isn't me it is it was the it's the presence of god that people want to feel it's the presence of god that people want to experience and this is who we are we are the child of god adopted into the family that there is no good thing will he withhold from us. There is no purpose under, <laughs> under heaven by which he will, no problem under heaven, no, no circumstance under heaven and earth that he would ever abandon us. So here we are, children of the Most High God, who has promised, <laughs> promised that he would never leave us, Promise that everything will come together. Promise that whether I live or die, there will be no change in the relationship I have with him. Whether I live or whether I die, there's no change in the relationship I have with God. If, but if there's no change in the relationship I have with God when I'm living and when I'm dead, there's no change in the relationship that I have with God when there's a problem and when everything is going wonderful. There's no change. So in this place of adoption, in this place of childhood, I am heir, I am a joint heir with Jesus Christ and what he has promised to bring into my life. What he has promised to do in me is greater than anything I can do on my own. <sighs> and he, you and I, who loves Jesus, will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and make myself known to him. Know and keep my commandments because you loved me. <laughs> All I'm asked to do is to keep his commandment. <laughs> do you know what the greatest commandment is? To love him. 
Well, he just told us here that, what does it say? Here in his love, not that we love God, but that he loved us. And the greatest commandment is that we would be reciprocating that love to him. I don't have to manufacture it. I just have to allow myself to receive it and give it back. <laughs> and I close with this, 1 John 4:16. So we have come to know and to believe the love that God has for us. So we have come to know and to believe the love that God has for us. It's my knower and it's my spirit. I know and I believe God loves me. I believe that God is love and whosoever abides in love abides in God and God abides in him. (laughs) This knowing will take us through fire, (laughs) three Hebrew children, through the lion's den, through the arenas, through disappointment, through loss, through great success. I am loved by God and there is nothing greater. I am alive with him and I am alive with him forevermore. I am his son, I am his daughter, and herein is love, not that I love God, but that he loves me. And when I understand that in my heart and in my mind, that I am loved by God, it gives me purpose to love him. Because what a difference this love makes for me. And then what a difference it makes in my love for others. Herein is love. Not that we love God, but that he loves us. Amen? I got more, but I'm quitting. (laughs) I have to have a little humor there, you know, because, you know, if we we smile, if we laugh, it makes it feel like it's real. Because I'm allowed to laugh and I'm allowed to cry in God's presence. In his presence is fullness of joy. His right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. That doesn't, that doesn't speak of somber, you know, woe is me. But this is not you anymore. <laughs> this is not you. You may have been this, but it's not you. You've been changed because you've been adopted. Amen. Let's all stand. I had another illustration somewhere, but I'll let it go. So, what did we learn? What did we understand? What are we going to pray about this week? We're going to open our hearts to be receptive of God's love for us. And then, loving and forgiving others will be easier. Forgiving ourselves will be easier recognizing that there are, there's a better life ahead is easier because I know I am loved. Father, thank you.
Herein we are loved. God, we thank you. We thank you that you, you know us better than we know ourselves. And God, so many times we get hung up on stuff. Stuff of our past, stuff of our present, stuff, Lord, that in the light of eternity really means nothing at all. The true love and life and strength comes from knowing you. So, Lord, we pray that the thoughts we have shared with your word, O oh God, that we have brought forth into our, our minds this day, we pray, Lord, in, that you will anoint it to our spirit and that we might find that strength and power, that love, O oh God, that gives us, <laughs> gives us strength, power, mobility, the ability to forgive, the ability to believe, knowing, Lord, that we are your child. Bless, we pray. Guide us, we ask, in the name of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. God bless you.